Hey friend, if you haven't heard, I have a brand new course for entrepreneurs and aspiring coming this month in June, and you can get on the list so you do not miss it in the description of this episode. If you have ever struggled with overcomplicating your business or your next launch, you've let perfectionism and overwhelm get in the way of making more money or progress, and I don't know any entrepreneur that has not struggled with those things, I have created a framework to help you make more income more quickly focus on the right things and not sweat the small stuff when it comes to trying to launch the perfect business or product. I've listened to everything you've been sharing over the last few years about what your challenges are, what the women inside my mastermind are struggling with, and I've come up with something that I know will help and bless us all so much. I am beyond excited for you to be one of the very first students inside and have the chance to get my personal feedback and hear yours when you join us this month in June. So swipe up to get on the list right now so you don't miss it. And in the midst of so much heaviness this season. Everything has been happening with coronavirus and race relations in this country and all over the world. My hope is that I can help your business be one area of your life that feels a little lighter and a little easier. And similarly, I hope that today's episode is a little spot of sunshine in your week. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome in advance. Hello, beauty, and welcome to the very first inaugural road trip edition of the You're Welcome podcast. Beep, beep. Can I get a little beep, beep? Beep, beep. No, that didn't. I didn't. No, you're just punching the Ford signal. The, oh. I think that, oh, there you go. Okay, we got a beep and then we waved it. No. We thought we were beeping beep. it. There we go. There we go. Okay, guys, welcome to the first road trip edition of the You're Welcome podcast. Like I was like, why did you where, beep at me? <laughs> where we are making neighbors uncomfortable. And um, we have a very special guest today. If you've not already heard, the one, the only, Mr. Dean Street himself. Jeremy Rushford Collier. Right, Round of applause. <laughs> Mr. Dean Street. Yeah. Your name's also not Rushford Collier, but so I wish it was. I tried. Mm-hmm. I, I I floated that idea and you shot it down. You did? It's, it sounds regal to me. Rushford right? Collier. I don't, wow. So why? I mean, is it? can this be on the table again then? Um, I'm not sure. What was my reasoning of originally? I, you, I don't know. You didn't have a reason. It was just a hard no. I was like, oh. what if we both changed our last names? Well, you to haven't Rush changed your Collier. name either, have you? I on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that count more than my password? Yeah. I mean, my passport. That's true. It okay, I've not gotten around to legally change it, but I plan to. Okay. And it's it's on my email address. It's on my Instagram. <laughs> it's on the things that matter. The TSA agent doesn't you know doesn't matter to him. So (laughs) Jeremy is here today as we are wrapping up a uh, road trip. We've been from Mm -hmm. Arizona to California Mm -hmm. to Vegas. Yeah. Uh, We took a little. All over. Corona, Corona-cation. What what vacation Mm -hmm. one could take during coronavirus. Jeremy's company asked everyone, or forced everyone, asked, I don't know, (laughs) everyone to take some weeks of pay, unpaid vacation to kind of balance everything out and not have to. Well, we just really rolled through a, a stop walk, a crosswalk here. Um, well, I don't want to hit the brakes too hard. <laughs> <laughs> He's putting, putting to put you guys first. Going very delicate. Uh, driving gently. So um, we, Safe. gosh, I'm not used to having a co-host. It's a lot more, I get off track way faster. Um, yes, Jeremy had to take unpaid vacation. So we got a 
hotel on the beach in Orange County with a view of the mm -hmm. ocean. We didn't know if we were going to be able to go on the ocean when we on the beach when we booked it, um, but we were. It was yeah, lovely. Yeah, it worked out great. And we were like, okay, the idea of going to a hotel, even if you're not going to restaurants, you're not going to shops, you're trying to social distance, it still felt different. Yeah. And we were... Yeah, and like no one came to clean. We didn't interact with it. Uh -huh. Like never came close with anyone. Never came in. Everyone wore masks in the public areas and we kept apart. Yeah. And yeah, we, we found a way to use stairs instead of... Yeah, it worked out good. Yeah, it was better than, better than expected. We were like, okay, we could do this again in a few months. We don't really mm -hmm. want to get on a plane and travel. So um, at this point, it has been, I realize it's been three and a half months where we pretty much have not been out of one another's sight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's still our life for the foreseeable future because we're yeah, still much. really going back to social distance in New York. Your office is not expected to be in person for the rest of 2020. Yeah, we're done for this year probably, um, looks like. So yeah, yeah we're Pending spending a something lot time together in our second year of marriage here um but we have at the end of the third trip gotten to just sit and talk with some other humans which i just realized that is it's so underrated like just we, we've seen my parents we saw my sister and brother-in-law and the kids mm -hmm. for a few hours social distance no hugging we knew we were going to expand our bubble to include my parents for a while now so we've been really vigilant so I was able to hug my parents. We're not really, we're not social distancing with them. We're in the bubble. So the fact that we can just sit at a meal and talk, we saw friends in the backyard, social distance, no hugging, mm -hmm. but gosh, yeah. it's nice to just sit and talk to people. Really is. It's amazing just to see faces, even just to see real other mm. faces. I feel like instead of movie faces or TV show, whatever, just yeah. And, through the screen, Uh huh. like a yeah. real live person. Um, so we're just, we're enjoying the underrated. simple pleasures, being <laughs> yeah. able to walk on the beach and just look another human in the face that isn't one another. Um, but today you, I realized I get questions every now and again in my DMS of people saying like, where did you and Jeremy meet? And do you, have you written your love story down someplace? Is, is there a blog post I can go find? And, um, I really haven't. I wrote down our, uh, proposal story and our wedding stories. I will, uh, link that below if you want to go watch uh read any of those oh left any oh. um but we oh never mind it says you can't go left there oh okay. okay uh there's another gas station sorry guys we gotta eat gas there's another gas station up here on the left gotcha we got the intersection um so we had never done our we've done our wedding story i will link that below you read it we have never done it's on either side there's also cool. over there gotcha. um we've never done our love story and so i asked y'all to submit questions and um that's what we're we're gonna do a little road trip mm -hmm. q a today uh but first we're gonna give stop. them what they want <laughs> give the people what they want but first we need gas because uh, we're literally we gas, about to run out of gas and, and then, that'll be a bummer of then we're gonna rein it in and be a little more focused on the questions so okay brb question number one where did you two meet carissa asks would you like to take this one babe we met at church, the house of the Lord, <laughs> like every good Christian boy and girl. <laughs> does. Doesn't everyone meet at church? <laughs> we, we, no, not necessarily. Um, I, you can meet on apps. You can meet on all the places, oh, really? guys. Oh. You can, you can meet at a Wait, bar. No one meets at church? Oh, you that's can, just us. You can meet all the places. Um, so we were, we both went to the same church. 
But Jeremy had started going while I was away on my sabbatical for four months. And I don't really think we would have met there anyways. Yeah. It was kind of big. Yeah, I don't know if necessarily. I wasn't super involved. Jeremy's more quiet. So I just don't really think we would have met. And then our church started a new location. And uh, we both joined the team to help build that. So it was a mm-hmm. much smaller group. And because we were on we, team, we were We there. took the calling of the Lord. <laughs> and were rewarded with spouses. <laughs> um, right? I mean, I don't know, honey. Um, so we were both there uh, early because we were on yeah. team and there was a smaller group. And so, so it was timing easier thing, yeah. to talk to people. And, and everyone was really making the effort to talk. I think that's the thing. Sometimes if you're in a group, you're like, well, if everyone else already knows each other, you just kind of try to like be on your phone and get coffee and not really talk. But because everyone was new, no mm-hmm. one really knew each other. It felt like you felt permission to walk up to be like, Hey, I haven't met you yet. I'm Hillary. Whereas yeah, if I just walked true. into a existing church, I would, well, I already I'd, I'd been going to our church for years and I'd barely met anyone because <laughs> I just yeah. I wouldn't just walk up to people, but there was a permission in it. Because also you're the original there at the new place. So you feel like you can, confidence walk up to anyone and say who are you because you you've kind of been there from the beginning and you're kind of the host at that point i felt like yeah yeah so i remember our first conversation which was out um we it was the bowery ballroom was where our church was meeting and uh on delancey street which is why before we started sharing jeremy's last name our hashtag was the delancey's wed um, cause that's where we met. And I distinctly remember our first conversation and thinking you were the first guy I'd met that I thought, Oh, we could be friends. Like you were from San Francisco. You were, you moved from San Francisco. You lived in Brooklyn. You're in tech mm-hmm. entrepreneurship, thought you were in your thirties and you had cool hair. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. And I thought like, yeah, I could see us. <laughs> I could see us being friends. Were those your criteria? For friends, good no, hair. No, I just, I felt I, a lot of people were really young or, I don't know, people were, you were just the first person that crossed my mind, like, I could see us being friends. Um, and the reason I didn't think romantically is that three nights before, I'd just been on an amazing first date with someone that I was really excited about. So I just oh, wasn't okay, so we're in, that in that headspace. So I just thought that we would be friends, which I think in hindsight was such a blessing the, the roundabout backstory of meeting that guy is I hired a matchmaker. I was thinking about it all summer while I was on sabbatical. And I was like, I'm doing these online dating apps. Nothing's coming of it. I just, I want to try something different. And I thought, well, the kind of guy I want to meet, I feel like he's busy. He's probably like a chief creative officer or chief marketing officer. And he has the income to delegate certain things in his life. And maybe he's got a friend who used this matchmaker and he realizes like, yeah, I'm spending all this time on a dating app. I'm not getting anywhere. So I was listening to these matchmakers over the summer, chose one, met with them when they got back, went to one of their events and was so dismayed. Like I, so disheartened. I'd never felt less interesting (laughs) and less attractive to a a group of people in my life. Like I was like, and I, and I'm very self-aware. I was looking around. It wasn't like these were all models. And I was like, okay, I just can't really run with this crowd. I just was like, I don't, none of these men are interested in me. Like, I don't understand what's happening. And so I left and I, um, I replied to a 
a guy who had messaged me multiple times on an app, but he had three kids. And I was like, that is a lot. I don't know. <laughs> but then I was like, you know what? This guy's interested in me and he seems great. So I'll just message him back. And then when we went on, so like I went to that event on Tuesday, messaged that guy Wednesday, we went out on Thursday and then I met you on Sunday. And when I went out on that date, do you remember that this guy was like, this date is, he's like, I, I have a confession to make. This date is two years in the making. What? Like, he said it to you? Yeah. The first date? Yeah. And I was like, what? what? And he's like, we met on another app two years ago and I really liked you. And then I told you that I had started seeing someone exclusively okay. And you like totally ripped into me and was like, then what are you doing on this app? Like, <laughs> like why you. are you? <laughs> 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 yeah. And he's like, then it just made me like you so much more. Cause he was like, man, she's really like <laughs> sassy. I like her. And so he's like, I just didn't, I didn't forget that. I had that other relationship for like a year, year and a half, whatever. He's like, it ended, but I just kind of remembered you. And I was like, if I ever see that girl on an app again, like I'm definitely going to take her out. So he's like, I recognize you. Well, the reason that I reacted to him the way that I did is because we had just, I had just had a relationship end really badly, like totally mm. blindsided. And he, these two guys looked so similar. <laughs> they had the same name. Like he was just like, okay, that explains so much about your response that like, he was just kind of <laughs> triggering to me of like, are you kidding? Like yet another Jason who this, 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 like same thing. And so anyways, that's part of the reason why the first date was so good. Cause there was this sense of like, oh my gosh, like, you know, is this, All right, is but this is our love story. Okay. Sorry. But, but, but the reason <laughs> that's totally fair. Okay. But the reason that I sell that is because I actually think it was such a blessing that I met him because it meant that the first few months of that church, you and I were getting to know each other very lightly. I mean, we just, but I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about you romantically. We weren't flirting. So there wasn't anything in me that was like, maybe I'm liking this church because I like this guy. Like I was there and super involved just because it brought me joy and it wasn't tied to a guy. And for the then, right reasons. yes, I feel like it let us both be there for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. We both made friends. We both felt established there equally when we started dating. So it wasn't, you know, like, so I feel like it was a blessing. All right. That's question number one. Where do we meet? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> okay. Totally fair point. Um, when did you first know you liked each other? Sam and Morgan both asked, both asked this question. Um, when did you first am I going know first? You liked me? I, yeah. the day I, moment I met, they, I remember I mean, I'm probably liked you as, as far as like, oh, attractive and energetic and kind of a natural leader in that sense. And so probably from the beginning, but I remember uh, specifically when you called me Mr. Collier and you were like, oh, hello, Mr. Collier. And I was like, oh yeah, she likes me. And that's when I was like actually paying attention because then I felt like I had, like otherwise it's just like, oh, I'm another guy. I'm like, oh, okay. She's like... She likes me. So that's probably the, Which, <laughs> that's probably the I did I not like him at that time. I was dating like this other guy. Oh, was, okay. I didn't. Okay. So he thought that was flirtation. I think it's such a funny story. He thought that was flirtation. It was not on my yeah, part. I just, the fact that you thought I was flirting with you made you like me. Flirting is a heavy word. I would say, uh, yeah, but whatever. yeah, I would say that like you noticed, I, I mean, you knew my last name. You call yeah. me by my last name, which is like an informal thing. It's like a cutesy thing. 
And come on, you are... Come on. That's... <laughs> Fairly. You know. I have no memory of this. That was a very distinct... <laughs> that was the first memory I had of being like, oh, okay, I got... Maybe I have a shot. Maybe I should try <laughs> Maybe I think she likes me. Yeah. Maybe. My first memory was <laughs> I w- there was a bakery next to our church that we would go to beforehand. And I walked in and he was sitting up front. This is the, that guy, Jason and I had broken up. And I, you were sitting up front when I walked in and my stomach kind of flip-flopped. And I remember being like, oh, I didn't know that I thought that. Like I wasn't aware that I... Oh, your stomach betrayed you. Was interested in him. <laughs> yeah. My, my butterflies had a mind of their own. And... um then I, we were doing a, a it was uh, the holidays. It was after Thanksgiving. We were doing a toy drive for kids and I had brought three like, Barbie dolls and we ended up having a conversation about them because I was showing you the toys that I'd brought and I, I had, I, I'd intentionally chosen not blonde white Barbies. So I had like a black doctor Barbie and, mm-hmm. and there Asian, you, go. you know, something Barbie and I had um, Anna right. from Frozen, oh, and you were yeah. yeah, you were like I really appreciate your <laughs> you, you representing the minorities and that you got a, a red haired Barbie, yeah, and I didn't not, even think minorities. about that. Um, <laughs> and then we had the conversation with Janelle, uh, it was another redhead friend of ours, and so three of us were standing there talking um, before mm-hmm. huddle. So. Yeah, I feel you know it was our. I don't remember that exact conversation, but I think I remember the dolls. It was yeah. our love of pastries and diversity that brought us together. <laughs> pastries, diversity, and the Lord that brought us together. And I mean, I feel like those are three really powerful things that we still share today. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> indeed it is. <laughs> this is very timely. Uh, Chrissy said, "Who made the first move?" And Eileen said, mm. "What was your first date?" Okay, well. Um, I guess I did technically, right? Because I asked you out kind of in a half Yeah, way. so... I guess you didn't ask me out, so... Basically, we went we we went on what we call a half first date. We did? What, which one are you go, talking about? So people would go to brunch after church. Oh, the brunch date. Yeah, that was, was true. That was kind of unintentional. That was like a, uh, was a happy mistake date. Yeah, yeah, there was people would go to brunch after church. And one day, this huge group was going to like a ramen place. We accidentally had there a There was date. like 20 of us. <laughs> And we get there and we're waiting outside like for a table trying to see if we go in. And Jeremy starts saying that he's not going to come because he wants to go to the gym. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, mind you, it's like Sunday, one, one o'clock on Sunday. I was like, I bro, mean, you've got I the, hit the gym, bro. The rest of the day to go to the gym. Like, what? And I'm thinking, <laughs> what is wrong with this guy? Like, I know that he likes me. And this is that. the first time we're going to brunch together. I can't we're going to too... be able to hang out. I can't be. So what? Like, too what's open, up? Too, too easy. And you said later you wanted get. me to know that you went to the that you worked <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah, also that yes. it helps. I'm not too available. I'm <laughs> serious, and I obviously take physical my physique seriously if I go to the gym after. <laughs> I want you to work out, and I want to not see. I forgot. I totally forgot that. So I just want to be like, what is up with this guy? So we <laughs> sit down. They have like two or three huge tables. There's so many of us, and Jeremy and I sit next to each other. And we just talked to each other the whole time for two hours. And yeah, our yeah, we didn't. Our friend Tully. It was and obvious because people were starting to like make fun of us. Joel, I think it was Tully and Joel of Joel. Like kind of tease us that we're... <laughs> they would like try to ask us questions, and we would be like, "Huh, what?" And like we ignore. were like, "Yeah, we so, were the only two people there," and every everyone. It was obvious to everyone. <laughs> and I distinctly remember the the main question I remember asking you because Jeremy's one of eight, and I remember asking you, "So does." coming from a big family make you want a lot of kids 
because that's always been a deal breaker for me. Like, I'm not sure if I want kids. I know for sure I don't want a lot. And I've definitely had times where I was on a date where someone... It's not a lot. Come on. (laughs) Or some... (laughs) It's a lot of legs, David. Um, Where someone would be like, oh, I can't wait to be a dad. I want to have five kids. I'd be ready tomorrow. And I'd be like, yeah, this isn't going to (laughs) work. So that was a really pivotal question for me. And you were like, I think it's the opposite, actually, because... I have multiple siblings that have been married for like a decade and no one's procreated. <laughs> like, like no very, one has any kids. Has, yeah, so we now do have a niece and nephew since then. But at the time he was like, out of everyone, there's one kid. And that was 10 years ago. And so I was Sad, like, okay. Um, and then, and then I remember asking you, like, if you were interested in adopting or if you wanted kids or whatever, and you were kind of like, I think I would just like leave it up to my wife. I mean, you know, she's the one that has to carry the kid. Like, I was like, okay, like you were just sort of, (laughs) that was just such a big thing in previous dating. It was so, because I didn't know if I wanted kids, it always felt so stressful. Yeah, especially at our age. I feel like if you're in your early 20s, you're not, it might not be the biggest deal as conversation. Right, yeah. But when you start to be like, hey, I'm ready immediately. Yeah, when you're in your 30s, I think it's a little bit more like, we need to be on the same page. Then you asked, um, you you were like, we should get coffee sometime. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I think I'm out of doing this in a another podcast i was like are you like is this gonna be one of you guys those coffee is a perfectly acceptable thing to ask i was like is this gonna be one of those weird christian dating things where i, I, mean, don't I didn't know, know if you drank maybe that was maybe i don't know i probably didn't know if you drank i don't know like if i asked you to a drink and then you're like i don't drink a co- okay, but- i don't know co- i forget why coffee is like you can't say no <laughs> also no one's ever said no to coffee i was just gonna say i, <laughs> I have a really hard time all of our friends drink i, I know i think- probably that's not it i think i was just taking the easiest i totally i think you were just not confidently saying i would like to take you out on a date you were like well, hedging yeah. mm-hmm. which i gotta say for for future dating advice for people you should not do that yeah, you should but... ask someone out to make it a clear yes or no because i was like i'll ask you to coffee whatever it's not the worst be... thing i asked you out it, it would be the worst thing if you like if for if for six times in a row you just kept asking me to coffee because but then happening. I know but I'm just saying in general <laughs> that's we've talked about this a lot so oh, what a lot of guys sometimes. do yeah, that's true. where you just feel like you're in the gray area for the longest time and you don't really know if you're dating that would and be I a was like, yes that's true. I am too old for that I have very little patience but it I just be said a slippery yes slope. you're right you're right you're right I was like sure but I was like I don't really know what I mean yeah but then it was just really good timing because that was on a Sunday that Wednesday. I, or maybe it was the Wednesday before I'd run into a friend who I didn't know that well at church, but she ended up confiding to me about a horrible breakup that she was going through. And so that next Wednesday I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to her small group so I can like see her again. And, um, it's someplace I'd been to that group a year before, but it wasn't anywhere near my house. It was far away. So I hadn't gone back. Uh So I show up not knowing that it was also your small group. (laughs) So I walked in and I didn't. (laughs) Um, And what was interesting about that, there's another... In my head, it was like, oh, now this girl is just like (laughs) following me. Oh my goodness. No, And there's another, like one of our closest couple friends, uh, John and Mary, who ended up getting like engaged and married at the same time as us. She and I were each one of those bridesmaids. They were part of that group. So Mm -hmm. I had met them. That's true. We have mutual friends. They filmed um, all the video stuff for Dean Street. Um, Yeah. And... They had been in this group with you. So our friend John was like, wait a minute, I could set these two up. So he thought he introduced us. Cause he was like, he was like talking me up to Jeremy. He was like, have you met Hillary? Hillary's really great. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And she runs a business and she's like, man, so successful. And she hires us to do videos. So it was so cute. She, he, he didn't hurt. It wasn't, yeah. uh, it was, yeah. He, was a, it was uh, a he nice didn't assist. like introduce us, but yeah, he definitely pushed, I think. 
push this in the right direction. So he takes some credit. So it was like, that was Wednesday. Then I had my birthday party on Saturday and I just oh, kind right. of invited the whole yeah. team. So then you came over to my house. We have our first photo together in which mm-hmm. our friend, my friend Scott oh, is sitting yeah. between us. It looks like Jeremy and I are looking at each other, trying to hold hands, but really I don't it was know just if we are, kind but... of a laughing, like everyone's trying to kind of, you know, those photos it where you're like, ha, like that, ha, ha, let's all like <laughs> fake our laughter. Um, it does look funny, but it really looks like Scott is our like adopted child of between us or something. Um, so this was all like, I think within a week, I think it's like the half day wow, was Sunday. Really? We saw each other at dinner party Wednesday. My birthday was Saturday church on Sunday. And then there was carol service. So then Tuesday we had Christmas carol service mm-hmm. and oh, right. yeah, Carrie was supposed to come. So I was saving her a seat. Mm-hmm. And at the last minute she canceled surprise, surprise. And, um, so I texted Alicia to say, do you have a seat next to you? Um, and she said, yes. So I went to sit with her at the very last minute as the lights are coming down and it was next to you. <laughs> And I had no idea. I just had texted Alicia. So and meanwhile, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. <laughs> this girl is so this into girl me. This girl is, now I'm now questioning whether or not I should be. <laughs> she has stalkerish tendencies. So. <laughs> no, I think I knew both times it was. I don't think I reckon until the yeah, lights come and they were, were greeting each other. I forgot. Uh, what? You didn't notice I was sitting next to you the entire service? I was worshiping. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I'm probably. Um, you have said the Lord more times in <laughs> this podcast episode than I want to. Um, so yeah, then you were like, we, um, you, then you upped it to dinner. So like within 10 days you upped it to, we should go out for dinner. Yeah. Are you, is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> then, so you were like, are you around? What do you like? Are you around for Christmas? I would say one, here we go. Let's go back to the okay. coffee day. I would say you're allowed to ask one, one coffee day, but if, that's it. And that's it. for women, yeah, if the guy's asking you to more coffee dates, that's not cool. Okay, that's fair. How about that? Yeah, you can do one light. You can do one coffee date to see where it's got, yeah. Or a group hang or something. Yeah. But it can just only that, be one. And yeah, if it's just, yeah, Raise that's it. true. That's yeah. a bad, okay, that's bad fair. Sign. So you were like, are you going anywhere for Christmas? I wasn't. I was staying for Christmas. So you're like, are you around? So we decided on Friday night and I, you asked for my number and mm-hmm. I gave you my number. This is Tuesday. Wednesday goes by, don't hear from you. Thursday goes by, don't hear from you. And then I know that I'm going to see you again at Carol service. So I'm at dinner with my guy friend Morgan ahead of time. And I'm like, what is up with this dude? He asks me out for Friday night. He gets my number and he knows he's going to see me tonight. And he still hasn't called. Like this does not make any sense. So I go to Carol service and I'm like, well, I know I'm going to see him, but I'm going to make him work to talk to me. So I just like stayed away, stayed busy mm-hmm. and it's the end of the night and I'm cleaning up all the paper goods on the chairs and you start picking up as well, which is not, <laughs> not the team you were on, not what you normally do just so you could talk to like, me oh, yeah. and you're like, Hey, like, sorry, we reached out or something like, uh-huh. you still available tomorrow? And I was like, yeah. And then <laughs> yeah, I remember that. went on our first date on Friday, December 23rd and, um, you told me that you got fired on Wednesday. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. That was a pretty good yeah, reason. Yeah, my head was definitely in a different place. Yeah. But His, well, I shouldn't say fired. You got let go. Your, your yeah, team didn't that, get the next round of funding. Yeah. They had to downsize. Hashtag normal tech entrepreneurship Yeah, right before life. Christmas, too. Thinking about it. That's yeah, they were totally. They were bummed. Everyone, obviously. Yeah. Bummed. But yeah. but anyways, I was like, okay, valid reason to be distracted to not call is that you thought you were going to. So anyways, as far as our first date, that's like basically our, you know, it took, 
it took two weeks into that like yeah who made the first move into the first date that's true yeah but it was if it wasn't the holidays it would have taken us way longer yeah there was we just so many so many times his met yeah times in there that it really expedited yeah, it i think, I think right. otherwise it would have been like a you know exhausting six yeah. week uh six weeks six week odyssey um okay melissa asked what's your favorite date you've ever been on Ooh, good question favorite date <laughs> oh my gosh we've had some amazing dates and just just like thinking of our travels we've done and our i mean just living in new york and the things we do i something that comes to mind offhand just i think because it was not that long ago was this last christmas my first christmas in new york first time ever seeing the lights and seeing um just walking down in the shops and i never saw the tree rockefeller or, or really just that whole vibe that whole energy um and doing it with you a resident someone local i think it was really fun just to walk around and yeah. to see you know all the all the amazing displays in the windows. So if you're if you're ever in New York, what you do, you start at the top of Fifth Avenue where Bergdorf's mm -hmm. is. Yeah, right. We start you get there. a Starbucks, you get a um, apple cider from Starbucks, you bring a little flask of bourbon in your purse. <laughs> so go. you make your own spike cider cocktail because it helps keep you warm. And then you walk down uh -huh. Fifth Avenue and you look at the shop windows until you get to Rockefeller Center where the tree is. And then And the ice skating ring. And the ice skating ring. Yeah. And then you go see the Radio City Rockettes. Man, okay. and, and we walked out, yeah, and we also walked down, so what was that, uh, what store did they, um, mad, just make it into a magical kingdom, like with a, it must yeah, be like a billion lights. Yeah, there's a light lights. show at, is that Saks maybe? Man, so, yeah, anyways, okay. a few of them, there's yeah, that was, so that was good. I think just because, yeah, being with you and it's kind of a magical time, like someone local and then experiencing that. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. my, one of fun. mine is when we were in Barcelona, we, you made a reservation at a restaurant and we didn't realize that it was a tasting menu, like a blind tasting oh, menu. Yeah. I, yeah. I made a reservation. That's right. And there it. was maybe five tables. Yeah. There was almost no one there. Yeah. And we didn't know what we were eating for every course. And, um, the waiters were so yeah. excited by what they did. <laughs> yeah. They would give us tastes of things that they wouldn't yeah. tell us. He'd be like, I'll give you two hints of oh, what yeah. the ingredients are. And we didn't guess anything. You have to guess. <laughs> they gave us some edible flour, like fizzed on your tongue. Oh yeah. It made your tongue all tingly. And then they also, there was a wine pairing with it, which I don't drink very much. I'm a super lightweight. And he kept refilling our glasses. We drank so oh, much Oh yeah, we're wine. debating whether or not to just split the pairing. And we're like, now nah, we'll just get our normal, regular each because I'm sure they're tiny little pours for each portion. And it didn't really matter. Yeah, he, so anytime we glasses. drank it, he just made it full again. So anyways, that was one of my, because it was just unexpected. <laughs> you remember the water? Oh yes, so we ordered sparkling water and he was like, this this water has never seen the, the light it of day. It came in a dark, it's, it's, Can, it's like excavated an aluminum bottle underwater was... <laughs> in the caves. It's never seen sunlight. He's like, the bubbles are very fine. You'll and tell, like, you can tell when you drink I it, just... the bubbles are fine. So and we fun. were like, okay, it is clear that we're not really bougie affluent people. We just pretend at it sometimes because it has never occurred to us to be like, <laughs> you know, the sparkling water, the bubbles are just a little too big for yeah. my personal palate. That's been our joke. Now this um, water's seen the light of day. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever we order sparkling water, we're like, I mean, <laughs> You know, it's just, it's out there in the sunlight, so yeah. it's fine. But yeah, if that's all they have, then we'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> that was um, fun. That was really fun. We got uh, a little drunk there, too. Oh, my gosh. Oh, and also, um, going to see the, 
Oklahoma City Thunder and the Brooklyn Nets at Barclays Center. Oh, yeah. Totally forgot about that. I love college football. Jeremy loves NFL. I do just love general life sports events. But I'm sorry. He loves NBA. Um, And now going to NBA games, Mm -hmm. just because I already love sports, but then he just gets so excited. Mm -hmm. It was the playoffs. It went into like overtime or double overtime. Anyways. Oh, my gosh. That was so good. Yeah, it was a comeback. Oh. And everyone around us, uh, for some reason, was Thunder, was fans, Thunder fans, even though we were in Brooklyn. I guess because they come out to see their team, and so we're all high five. Oh, and we had amazing seats. Yeah, we got such good seats. Um, somehow, oh. Jeremy was like, "I don't know, how these seats were like they were a little expensive." Yeah, I know, but you were like, <laughs> they were less than what's normally in that area. Yeah, they, and, yeah, it was oh definitely gosh, worth we were it. In, like, it was the third row. Uh, but it's so like cool. the equivalent of taking my niece to Disneyland is yeah is like going to a, outside, yeah. a playoff game. You know, it's just really cute. Uh, Claire asked, "How did you know each other was the one?" Wow, the one. I think you told me, right? You were like, "Hey, Jeremy." <laughs> I don't know if you realize. <laughs> uh, I'm the one, so like we should set a date. No. Um, <laughs> that is so not true. It does not sound. It sounds like you, told you would me. say, but that is so not yeah, true. Um, okay, I will say to watch you start to start that right away when we after our first date, I was dating three other guys. I mean, I'd been on like first or second dates with mm-hmm. three other guys, and the matchmaker called for the first time in months and had this guy that she was wanted to set me up with and he and I talked on the phone he was like skiing in Vail for the holidays or something but we did a phone date and made a plan to go on a date when he got back and I said to you like I wasn't sure because like you and I were texting and talking every day and I always think it's so hard to know at what point are you being overly excited and putting pressure on it to stop dating other people or are you being rude to dating other people so I just decided to ask you about it and be like Hey, I'm not sure what to do in this point. And you responded so well. It was like one of your best responses, even years later, I got to say, where you said something like, you know, I would, um, I would like soon, like, I would hope that soon I could ask you not to be seeing other people. Or you basically were like, made it clear that that was your intention while also being like, I realized we've only been talking for a week that would be a bit presumptuous of me but you weren't just like oh whatever live your life where that would have been like okay so i don't know is he not serious about this so the way you crafted it and i love you babe but words is not really your strong suit but you really knocked out of the park with that one you Uh just walked the line between grace (laughs) i guess the only spirit was moving in that one um so in some ways i mean right away i just was like well i'm not interested and then once you said that i realized okay actually I just don't really want to go out with any of these other guys. So cool, I just wow. canceled all of it. Man, so, was, so in some ways there's awesome. that. <laughs> and then like okay. six weeks in, uh-huh. you tried to break up with me. Yeah. I remember being frustrated. Just, yeah. Thinking, of, I don't know, like, are we really, I don't know if I'm doing things right. I feel, yeah, just that weird. It's like at every relationship, I feel like at that weird point where, you're not sure whether you're going to make it serious and go on or if you or if you just maybe it'd be better to move on and then if it's meant to be you come back I don't know you know and you're like I don't know and so I was like kind of in the I don't know this isn't you know and I thought it was like (laughs) I we'd gotten in a fight about something or he felt like he'd let me down he was just like I'm not good at this 
like I'm not gonna do this well. It was just like you are being ridiculous. You're not breaking up with me. Like, no. <laughs> like this is just so dumb. No. Um, and yeah, I kind of felt like I I knew pretty much pretty wow. early on. But I also would say I've had a handful of other like two other times where I thought, oh, this is the one. Yeah. Like so I, the first, since yeah. college, right? There have been two other people that I've been like, oh, I think this is the one. So. I also just say that with a grain of salt for anyone that like has that feeling that I don't think you're like automatically means. dumb or weird or wrong yeah. if you have it and it doesn't turn out to be right. right, right. Um, but there was a different sense than just generally being excited and hopeful about someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Lauren would like to know what your Enneagram number is. Uh, what am I? Th- seven? <laughs> no. No, nine. Yes. Yes. I knew it was an odd number. Thank you. Jeremy's a nine. Um, which is the peacemaker. And uh-huh. I think that makes a lot of sense growing up in a big family, having some other people that are more, um, you know, kind of like the louder pro- yeah. problem child is the wrong word. But I think you, your role in the family was just like, I'm going to just stay under the radar yeah. and not, not cause any problems sort of. Um, but I would say with that, that we dated for 14 months before we got engaged. Yeah. And I think you didn't really start to show your personality in a lot of ways uh-huh. until 18 months. I yeah. feel like so when wanna... we really got into the stress of wedding planning yeah. and things got hard, <laughs> yeah. you, you really, your personality came out more. And so I realize now in hindsight, I think you were being so the peacemaker that yeah. first year and a half that you would just swallow a lot and you wouldn't speak up as much. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now... And I don't know, because you haven't really been in a relationship for much longer than that before. Yeah, I mean, the longest really had only been um, just like under two years. Yeah. And, and so really, I hadn't had a lot of experience with long So, I mean, I can only speak to us, but I think it makes sense that a lot of people can find themselves in that. And I'm not saying that it doesn't mean you shouldn't get married and engaged during that period, but to know you can have been with someone for a year or two yeah. before they really start to relax and show a little bit more of who they are and how they want to be long-term. And so that felt super jarring for me for a while. We Mm -hmm. went through like a hard season where I was just like, who are you? Like (laughs) what is happening? Um, And I think we're still kind of working on that because Mm -hmm. I'm still trying to figure out like, how do you speak up more and not just be the peacemaker? Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I think just learning to live life and communicate with another person who grew up differently. And even though we're similar in so many ways, um, and have so many similar interests or whatever, I feel like either way, there's differences in our personality that we're learning about. And, uh, yeah, it just takes time to learn how the other person speaks and the language they, they speak kind of, um, and things that are obvious to me, I think should be obvious to you, mm-hmm. you know, and things that are obvious to you, you think should be <laughs> obvious to me. And it's, and so we're, we're kind of working that out. Yeah. It's, I'm sure we'll be doing that for a little while and then we'll be experts <laughs> Just <laughs> and we'll, and we'll, we'll get our certification. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> okay. Uh, last three questions are about dating and singleness in general. Um, Tamika said, what is your best piece of dating advice? Hmm. Mine, my best, my best. Well, I, either. Yeah, both of us, okay. You know. We'll start. Sure. Go for it. Um, so this is towards women like, Don't right. Really. Yeah. For the, okay. I gotcha. Um, 
because for guys, I would tell them to grow up most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, fair, fair enough. But honest. yeah, so I think, yeah, for women in general, um, especially I think just if you're in social circles, in community, possibly like with a church or other kind of, maybe um, you're in theater or, or whatever, entrepreneur circles, whatever you're in, I think a lot of times it's easy for guys to get stuff from you, um, you know, talk to you, have, have these, have a relationship with you, um, that they don't want to do the work. So they get what they need from you. They'll, they'll get the emotional support, the deep talking things, but they won't commit. And because they're not doing something physical, they think, uh, it's okay. I'm not leading her on, mm. you know, I'm not actually they don't feel that guilty about it. Yeah. They, it's some separation there because it's not physical. They can kind of, especially in church. I feel like guys will say mm. or think, uh, rather that because they're not, you know, sleeping with you or whatever, it's okay to get all this other stuff from you, you know, yeah. this like intimacy and, in, and, in, um, you know, and your emotional life or mm-hmm. whatever. And so I think that's yeah, something you need to look out for and don't let guys just, you know, and they might not know better because you're kind of, you know, they, they, I don't know. They might need to be taught that they can't just sleep around with people and then get emotional support from you and think it's justified or think that's okay. Or think, um, you know, maybe they're not sleeping. Maybe they're just, maybe they're abstaining, but that's whatever. If they're just not committing to a relationship, but they're getting something from you, I would say pump the brakes. Yeah. I'd say that's the main thing we've observed from, my female friends mostly Mm -hmm. is being in situations where it just feels like this. She's clearly interested. They're DMing, they're texting, Mm -hmm. they're talking, they're spending time together, but it just feels so gray area and murky for so long. And I think something that I really respected about you is that you, you were so clear. You, I mean, I found this out later, but you're like, I was always so clear to, like not get a girl's number to not be, he's like, even if a girl would DM you like happy birthday or whatever, you're mm-hmm. like, I just wouldn't respond. Cause I didn't want to get in this private back and forth Yeah. if it wasn't. And it's not that you didn't have female friends, but it was just, right. But it was someone that I didn't be, really have on that. There weren't, we didn't like text normally. Yeah. Those would be <laughs> very just, clearly established. It's like, Oh, yeah. we're in a crew. We've definitely been friends. So yeah. it's not like, and anyway, we can't be friends, but if you're like, I don't no, really know this not. girl. And you're like, I just, I don't know. She could be interested. Or if someone would, I remember you saying, if someone would ask for your number, you'd be like, oh yeah, you can get it from like, yeah, I can get it from Tully. Who's like your best guy friend. So this sense of like, yeah, a group of us should do that. And just making sure that if you were like, she might be flirting in this and and not again, not making her the weird one, you would do it in just a casual way. No, no, it's yeah. I don't think it's making anyone feel, I, I think it's helping in general just to be, just not to assume, right? Be egotistical of me to assume you're interested or I, I'm anyway, I just think in general, it's yeah. better for everyone and then it's also immature for you to be like, well, unless she flat out came out and said that she loves me. Yeah. She, sure. We're just exactly. friends. Yeah. And then meanwhile, the girl's like constantly talking to her friends. Yeah. Like, but you know. text every day. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> you text crazy. at 11 o'clock at night. Right. You text like, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, I would say similarly that that whole, he's just not into you. He's just not that into you. Yeah. Dodge. Like I feel like that, I see that a lot with my girlfriends where I'm just like, if he was interested, he would be dating you. He would be ending things with the other girl. He would yeah. be, you know, when they'll be like, I'm just not in a good space right now. And I'm like, well, well, Bob, what does that mean? What What are you going to do to get in a good space? Like how, what, what are we talking about here? Like five yeah. years from now? Cause I've just seen that with so many of my girlfriends yeah, where I'm sad. like, 
it is a year later and we are still in the right. yeah bob's just not a place and i think i just didn't have patience for that i was no, I don't know yeah. if it was pride or whatever but i just didn't really get into that gray area space so it was like you're either into me or you're out of me so that's one the other my other best piece of advice is go to therapy and not because you are there is something wrong with you that you need to fix before you get into a relationship but that the more stuff you fix before you get in a relationship the easier your relationship is yeah <laughs> like everyone needs to go to therapy everyone needs to do their work but I think yeah. there's things now, and I mean, I was going to therapy, but I still think now if you and I had both um, done even more extensive therapy before we got together, mm-hmm. our, we'd have less communication issues. We, you know, a lot of our arguments and things like that, that it's mm-hmm. like, okay, we just need to both have better tools and yeah. understand ourselves more. So I think that is one of the most proactive things you can do. But I think the, the really big distinction is it's not saying you go to therapy to fix the thing that's wrong with you so that you can meet someone or anything like that. It's purely just like, you're going to do it. Like I've said to, I've had multiple friends say this really helped them where like, when you go to therapy on your own, you're like, yeah, I think I'm going to work on this thing this year. I'm really wanting to evolve in this way. When you go to therapy, once you're in a relationship or you're married, it's like, Hey, we talked about this yesterday in therapy. Why haven't you fixed it yet? Yeah. There's like much more. Also, you're just trying to fix it in the marriage as opposed to th- like a lot of times you're working it out by like the wrong kind of like, I don't know. It just feels. I think it's good too to also to work things out. Obviously, we have to work things out. And, yeah, but there's just but... way less. When I was going to therapy myself for a year, I'm like, look at all the progress I'm making. Whereas now it's like, there's we talked lot. about this yesterday. Why have you still not there's fixed this? There's a lot this? more. It's a much shorter turnaround to... time. Yeah. And I think when you can go on your own. It's like you have a mirror always, right? To yes, someone exactly. Yeah, it actually can be nicer. Um, I also would say, I mean, clearly I have a lot of dating guys, so I think this is point number three. I would also say, <laughs> really pay attention to, as far as who you want to be with, your lifestyle and how you would handle grief. I think that, like when I think about, like I said, the, the guy that I dated before Jeremy, he had three kids. And I mean, we he'd realized he didn't ever want to travel for more than two weeks to be away from the kids, mm-hmm. which I think is great. But my entire, my whole thing of starting a business was about being able to be location independent and yeah. wanting to travel. Yeah. And I spent four months on sabbatical abroad and that's not, that wasn't like, okay, I checked that box. I never need to do that again. Right. That's a core fundamental thing to me mm-hmm. that I was sort of pushing aside with like, Oh, I don't know. Maybe like that should have been a major. Yeah. This would not, Yeah. this would not work. And the fact that he was never going to move out of the neighborhood in Brooklyn because that's where yeah. their mom lived, which again, is wonderful. Like he's a yeah, really sense. great dad. But my being like, I don't know that I want to live life, in the yeah. same neighborhood of Brooklyn for the next 20 years. Like You might end up resenting it. Or... And so by comparison, you and I, like, we think about moving to France. We think about moving to Mexico. We travel. I mean, before coronavirus, we were traveling to five countries in the next nine months. I mean, really? We, yeah. Wow. We just, we were going to go to Italy Bummer. for six weeks. We were going to approve <laughs> for a wedding. We were going to Asia for six weeks. I mean, we just yeah. had... So like, travel is such a huge part of our lives that that was a major, major thing yeah. that I was settling for while being like, there's all these other amazing things about this person. Yeah. But you and I talk a lot about like whether you're 
introverted or extroverted, what you want to do on a Tuesday, a Friday night, how you like to travel, like that stuff really matters. We're so aligned on that. And we look at other couple friends of ours that they're aligned, but we realize how different we are. And it just cracks us up sometimes that we're like, (laughs) oh, this friend of ours that like, they live on a farm and we're like, man, we're not farm people. And we're like, they love, love modern art. And we're like, gosh, we're not modern art people. <laughs> like that stuff really does matter. Cause it's, yeah. <laughs> you know, what you travel. And then the grief thing to me, I'd always just thought like, heaven forbid you went through something like the loss of a child, like just the most traumatic thing. Yeah. How would you respond to that? How would the other person respond to that? Yeah. And I think for me as a person of faith, that was the biggest thing I couldn't get past in trying to picture if I ended up with someone that didn't share my faith yeah. was the idea of like not going to prayer or not believing mm. that there was, there was a heaven, like those kinds of things. Yeah. I thought in those hardest things in life, are you going to respond differently and are, you know, is that going to kind of drive you away? So I would say don't settle mm. on those big things. Like to me, that's really the, why those things matter. Like, yep. um, but then I also would say final baby advice, um, is the don't sweat the small stuff. Like, I think that there's so much, and I think I mentioned this on another, uh, um, podcast, maybe that like, as a stylist, I care so much about aesthetics. I'm attracted to that, what someone wears mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah. Um, and I've had so many girlfriends talk about like how awful a guy's apartment was or how awful it was, what a guy was wearing. And I'm totally on board with all that because aesthetics really do matter to me. But you had, you had four sweaters. I hated three of them. <laughs> you wore graphic tees. Um, when I went to move you out of your apartment, which is like our second day, sad, basically, that was a sad apartment. You had your, your end table was the box I've that your bed apartment. came in. <laughs> I only live over it. I'm so, going through. <laughs> I mean, but I'm just saying, like all those things, you'd be like, yeah, nope, nope, nope. Bad. Well, the interesting, the irony was, once we got together, actually, like you love style and you love home decor, but you were just like, I just moved to the city, didn't have a lot of money. Then I got laid off. I was in a transition. Yeah, it just wasn't a priority in that season. And then yeah. once your life got more settled because of work and our relationship now like oh my gosh you like love clothes more than i do and you have great taste and so it's like it, i always love clothes more than you do maybe it, it <laughs> did. <laughs> yeah like it was it actually was important to you it wasn't i think it would be That's different true, yeah. if you didn't care if you didn't take care of yourself something yeah and it was like that'd be hard to get over a source of conflict but it was interesting to be like or uh, another thing like i would absolutely always judge people on their spelling and punctuation because you're doing so much texting with online dating oh true yeah. and that so would have been an area for me of like oh, nope man. not smart enough not educated enough. Be done a dating app. i know but jeremy's dyslexic and he's really struggles with spelling and that was something that was just like oh that's a thing that or like i um like reading books would have been a huge one for me my girlfriends and i would always talk about like oh you don't want to end up with a guy that doesn't read books but you listen to YouTube videos. You tell me more stuff about like historical things that you're learning and all manner of stuff. You just consume it in a different way. You just watch a YouTube video about Pearl Harbor and all manner of things rather than reading. And I realized, okay, that was, so I just, there's a lot of little things that I realized I, you, I looked at mm-hmm. to be like, this shows intelligence. This shows curiosity. I mean like, well, yeah, that stuff is important, but can it show up in another way? That's good. Um, Joanna asked, how do you get over heartbreak? 
You don't know. Um, <laughs> is that a question first? for you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, either. You can chime in. Yeah. So I think it's really believing that it gets better. Like really believing mm-hmm. this is a closed door that will open up something better. And I think our, our stories are examples of that. One, you moved to New York City because of an ex. Like, or for yeah. a girl. For a girl, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And right. so being yeah, like, pretty much yeah, is that the only person, one of the only persons. And she's who told you about our church. Yeah. She introduces so, me to the church. And so I think you, the yeah. fact of like, okay, you could, you know, you could be so devastated that things happened with, un- ended with that girl, but it's mm-hmm. a great example of like, I guess for you, Joanna or anyone, when it ends, you're like, okay, maybe this is my, you know, we'll call her Lisa. I don't know. Maybe this is my Lisa where be, because yeah. of something that happened with this person, I'm now going to meet the one. Yeah. And, um, and then for me, where I talked about that guy, Jason, that I was dating, I felt like that created space for us mm-hmm. that I'm so grateful. You could be like, Oh, that felt like so much energy I put into that relationship. It only lasted a few months. What yeah. was the point? But I was able to be like, well, a, I think there was some good things that came out of it for, for him. But also on my end, I was like, I think that created space for us yeah so i just think that mindset not just the pollyanna ish of like maybe it's gonna be better but really looking for examples like jeremy and i each have from other people of okay sometimes the the getting fired the having to move apartments the whatever yeah here's all the evidence i can find of other people being like actually when we were forced to move from that place we loved our next apartment even better like i have so much of that in my life and i can really yeah. see that in in our our marriage story that the relationship we each had before helped us to meet each other yeah in the right way yeah and i think also you can have heartache even if you're not the one that got broken up with and you mm-hmm. broke up with a person yeah but it can still be very hard and you can still question if you did the right thing and you can wonder you know a lot of things this and so was, I, this was jeremy in his last relationship yeah so i think <laughs> like you ended up but it still was hard for you or yeah, whatever. I think, um, yeah. So either way, I think it goes both ways. And so you just have, like you said, I think the biggest advice would just be to realize that things happen for a reason and that you will end up in somewhere better because of it. You're going to grow because of this pain, like anything in life, a mm-hmm. challenge will stretch you. You'll become a, a bigger person, like a more dynamic, uh, yeah. person, well-rounded, um, even though it hurts and, and everything, but I would say look forward to that at least because it will help out in your next relationship and it will kind of bump you up um, to be able to handle um, the next thing, which I think could be, yeah, which in, is going to be better. I would say it's going to like in your relationship. Life, yeah. You, one of your things was you didn't feel like you were good at communication yes. and you ended that frustrated and being like, I don't want to keep not being good at communication. Yeah. And I, I forgot about that because then when we got together, I felt like, part of it was it was the right timing for you that you were like i haven't been good in relationships before yeah but you met me at a point of okay i'm done i'm done feeling like i'm not good in relationships i'm gonna be good in this one yeah and so i think you you showed up differently for me than you did your ex just because it was that right timing which is also probably another piece of advice that like you showed up better for me than for her which wasn't about her it wasn't like she didn't do something to inspire that in you it just wasn't the right time. And so in that way, there really is that thing of like right place, right time. Cause I've said a lot, if we'd met, you know, five years earlier, we wouldn't have ended up together. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, totally different so, people. Five. Yeah, it's yeah. Interesting. Even though we actually both lived not too far from each other when we lived in LA, oh, like in true, Malibu yeah. and Santa Monica. <laughs> um, so maybe yeah. I waited. Maybe we went to the restaurant. I waited on you. Yeah. Who no, knows? Different different years. But okay. All right. Final question from Elise. If you could tell your single self any one thing now that you're married, what would it be? Mm. I have thought about this a lot. And, Good question, Elise. Um, <laughs> thank you for your question, Elise. Sure. Final caller of the day. Um, mine is that the fear of being alone doesn't stop once you're with someone. That I've really struggled since we've been together with constant anxiety that mm-hmm. something will happen to you and you will die. Oh. Mm. And yeah. like, remember when I was having anxiety dreams, like I would wake up having these horrible nightmares. Yeah, that, like true, yeah. you'd broken up with me. You'd asked me for a divorce and our relationship was fine. They were nothing about what was happening in our life. In my waking time, my fear was some, was, you know, just this constant, like I haven't heard from him. He was biking home. Mm. Shouldn't I have heard from him by now? Like to- being so afraid yeah. you're going to get hit by a car when you're biking. Yeah. And then it would manifest itself at night in, um, you know, these fears that divorce me or whatever. And so I think my awareness that, that I fear it right now, like as we've been going through coronavirus and my friend colleagues, husband Nick has been in the hospital. There's this very real, what if you got the coronavirus and and died or didn't come out of a a coma. And then also there's this long-term at any, for the entire rest of our life at any point, when will you die? Are we 93 and you will die mm. and I will live for another three years and be by myself? Like, so I think You'll that probably tired of me by then. <laughs> there's such a, um, like I was so afraid of, of not getting married, of being single. Right. Being alone, yeah, totally. Yeah. And that you think, okay, all right. I don't have that fear anymore. Right. And being like, crap like it's still there now it's just there's a specific person that i'm afraid of being Mm -hmm. left alone by and and missing and whatever so i wish i could tell you what the answer is to getting over that fear but i think in that way there's almost i just felt such a like us versus them like you people are, are married and i'm single and like you've got it better and that, that that was all me, like the way that I felt in that. Yeah. And I think now I would say like, actually I see it as much more universal. It doesn't matter whether right. you are single, married, divorced, widowed. Do you have that fear and that ache of, I don't mm. want to be alone Yeah. because it isn't just a, a right, box could, that's yeah. checked. Cause I would imagine it's the same thing with being a parent. Like you're so afraid of wow, you can't yeah. get pregnant and then you have the baby mm-hmm. and now the fear just moves to, oh my gosh, what yeah. if something happens to my, my kid? And so just that general fear mm-hmm. that we have to deal with whatever our scenario is. So That's I'm good. sorry to end Elise kind of on a downer of a, of a note, but maybe there is a balance. To- my best dating is <laughs> what I would tell my single self to the whole love story component of like, <laughs> it is such a beautiful thing. We're so grateful for each other all the time. But there also is a lot of, at the end of the day, we still like have to do our own work to say, Mm. what are my spiritual beliefs? What are my beliefs about the world? How much do I rely on God? How much would I be okay if it was just me and God that that 
Yeah. I mean, that would be a really cheesy ending if I wanted to wrap it into like, that's the ultimate love story. I think, no, I think you're, I'll just second that God. to wrap it up to just say, <laughs> yes, very good. Like, just because you have a spouse, you're not going to check all the boxes and become, uh, your life won't become um, overnight happy. Like, there's still things in your life that you have to fix, possibly, mm-hmm. that you, that a spouse can't and you shouldn't put that responsibility on their spouse to say, hey, I'm married now. I should never have an unhappy day. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and that's another thing I, w- I would just say to add to what you're saying mm-hmm. is have, have the realization that it's not going to fix everything, but it will make life better. Yeah. Um, it is such a and, powerful and, thing. And harder. There's and totally hard- days oh, totally, when yeah. you're like, I would be way happier oh, if yeah. I was single and you <laughs> did so- not live here and I could yeah, do that right? myself. Yeah, right. Yeah. Ha- but, then, I- but then we're so much better, right? Because of it. And, yeah, but and I think if you, result, you but- want so much yeah. to have the relationship that you think yeah. I will just for sure always yeah. be happier. And I couldn't have comprehended the moments when you're like, oh my gosh, I just want you to not be here. <laughs> go away for a minute. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. Go on vacation where we can come back. Yeah. Um, but there's so a lot I- of expectation and, and just realize that it's a team effort. We're working on it and um, it's not going to happen overnight, but nothing easy does. Here you go. Go team. Yes. Can we high five over Sure. Love you. Okay. Awesome, babe. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is being on the ocean. While I have stolen the bike back for myself, I think I can speak for both Jeremy and I. We just love the ocean so much. And we know this about ourselves. But of course, as many of us have experienced during coronavirus, there's just things that feel more heightened when they're taken away. The fact that we had to flee Mexico, so to speak, and leave that. And then even coming out to California, we weren't sure. Could we walk on the beach? That in and of itself just felt like such a luxury that normally you would take for granted. But there's times during shelter at home when that wasn't allowed. And going back to New York, not knowing when will we travel again? Where will we go? So just one of those simple little pleasures that we know means so much to us and just all the more so has been heightened in this time. And I think I can speak for Jeremy that something he's loving lately is he's uh, been working on his skimboarding. I believe it's skim like M is in Mary, not N is in Nancy. I thought it was skin, but I think it's skim. Um, so yes, he has been a little surfer boy for the last week um, and absolutely loving that. So just so grateful for the little pleasure um, of getting to do that while we're out here. And again, I've also been really loving creating this new course for you, wrapping it up before we left Arizona and now moving into the phase of getting ready to release it for you. And I am just so excited for you to get inside. So swipe up, pop your email in to get on the list so you don't miss the small window that it's going to be open for. If you have more questions on love or dating or business, of course, as always, come over and continue the conversation with me on Instagram. Leave a comment below my latest post, whatever that is. And I would be so grateful if you would take just a second, if you haven't already, to swipe up, tap five stars to give this podcast a review and pay it forward so that someone else can stumble upon this community and see that it is indeed a bright spot in their week and join us. I am so grateful you're here and I will see you next week, same time, same place with grace and gumption. Till next Wednesday.